Good morning. How you doing? How you feeling? My name's Tony Miller. I forgot Grumpy Bear, my co-host. He's in my other room. And you're listening to or watching the morning show here on the Labor Network. Hopefully you're watching, but you could be on the radio listening as well. But we would love if you watch. But we also love if you're on the radio and you want to put us in the background. We are here live from Richmond, Virginia, the capital of the Confederacy itself, to talk to working people. So we're here for working people, people who do the jobs that white, straight men named Todd and their wives named Jennifer. These are jobs they don't want to do. They don't want to clean up stuff. They don't want to drive your Amazon Prime packages. They don't want to clean your dirty hotel room at a Hampton Inn. And we're here for those for those working people. And if you're in Richmond, especially if you are our friends in Richmond, like city workers, or maybe you're working at a Shameen Hotel. I work for Shameen Hotels, as you can see on my shirt. I worked for them until Neil Amin and their uh, their CEO and they, their buddies, they fired. Well, <laughs> it's just really him and my boss, Mark. They fired me for organizing hotel workers to have a better life, I was trying to help those workers organize to form a union to demand the wages, benefits, and working conditions that they deserve. So, you know, trying to help some people out there in, in life, but uh, it didn't it didn't happen. So, oh, well, moving some things around here on my side, trying new things every day. Now you can see my Deer Valley mug. Deer Valley, crazy place to send, crazy place for white people. Uh, to go. So this morning, you know, we're, I'm going to try to do things a little differently here. I'm going to try to keep things a little bit more organized, but we'll see. Um, we're going to get to the news here in just a minute, but before we do that, we are going to, you know, put out some vibrations, uh, some meditation for the day with a crystal. So let's see, what crystal, what crystal do we have here today in our little pouch? We use this, uh, it's amethyst or shimmer. I like this, I don't know what this white one is, this gold one I like. The gold one makes me think of, you know, wealth and, and, and uh, I love that. Health and wealth, so we're going to vibrate and saying, you know, universe, bring us a prosperous day, right? For us and our family. <laughs> uh, you know, God, higher power, universe, whatever it is you do to connect, you're more than just a body, you're more than just some evolved monkey, you are a divine spiritual being and you're gonna take control of your life here today so good vibrations for this friday september 15th and yes we are late it's already 8 36 in the morning so we're probably gonna go you know until 10 30 i don't know we'll see what happens it's 9 30 who knows what's gonna happen here um, until we start getting some people to you know comment or tell us if they like us i don't know my feelings feel a little hurt uh with that in mind let's go ahead and head on over to richmond.com you love the news you're always saying tony show us the local news and i'm like well why you know it's junk but that's what i'll do you demand it richmond.com your favorite place for news uh, really it's my favorite place for ads look at that virginia museum of Hol culture history and culture although we really should we love we love that uh, I'm waking in the wake of Lockdown's Greensville inmate alleged mistreatment inside Bridget. I'm sure it is. You know, we talked about this yesterday. And we, you know, the holy books tell you, at least the Bible. I can't speak for the other ones, but I'm pretty confident that uh, we are having some technical difficulties. Uh, as you know, I live in a pretty tough part of town, and we just had uh, my neighbors in the unit next to me have a Sounds like a bit of a situation, so I apologize that we went on mute for a while. Um, hopefully, we're going to get back to the news here now. But as you can see here, you know, really nothing but junk. Um, yeah, I think the people next to me just kind of proved that, right? They're having real struggles. Uh, the housing I'm in is heavy voucher users, but I think pretty much everybody me uses a voucher. There's, there's children, and... Um, you know, these folks deserve a better life, and they can't do that until they have a better situation at work and they feel some stability. It's a true story. So, uh, you know, I don't know. That kind of was a real downer. So I don't know that I can go. Uh, yeah, I'm going to need a minute here. So, <laughs> um, 
I feel bad for this lady. Again, you know, leave her alone. For goodness sake. Everybody watches porn on the internet. Everybody does silly things. Like, ridiculous. It's ridiculous. At least you, Richmond.com is reporting on UAW. Well, that's something. Okay. Wow. Um, and also, if you heard that on the radio, I apologize for that. That was something. Okay. Well, we're going to move on here. Um, sharing, you know, what I thought was a better, better article from some better orgs. Uh, hold tight. All right. Wanted to share here from the Teamsters, uh, their stance in solidarity with United Auto Workers, right? So you can read this. It's a statement from Teamsters General President Sean O'Brien. Uh, it says here, the International Brotherhood of Teamsters, including our members in the car haul industry, stand in solidarity with United Auto Workers to get the best possible contract from America's biggest automakers. Just as the Teamsters saw at UPS, record profits at the company must result in record contracts for the workers who make those profits possible. Uh, so I'm going to leave that here for a minute. And, you know, I want you to uh, absorb that for a second here because it's really important. And again, sorry for my sniffles. What a what a weird morning. But very important, this concept of solidarity, right? You don't see this in the private sector as outwardly facing. It's different. I think that it's really important that you see. It's important. Again, I'm sorry. My, my neighbors are definitely struggling here right now. Um, you know, this. Uh, and sorry, sorry about that. So, you know, again, here, solidarity where these unions, you know, they're sticking up for each other. I think it's really important that we we know that if you're in a union, you know, in one industry, folks from another industry, no matter what it is, uh, cars, truck drivers, nurses, firefighters, city workers, hotel workers, whatever it is, uh, they stand together, you know, as shared children of the same higher power, working class people united, whatever, you know, solidarity might personally mean to anybody in these unions it means you stand with each other uh, against the owners of you know capital and the folks who who own the businesses and who have those social economic educational forms of capital that we always talk about so good for teamsters sort of standing up with their fellow union uh brothers sisters family right love that all right well that was interesting. Hopefully I can get back on my game here a little bit. I just really uh, was thrown for a loop there. So hold tight. I'm going to uh, make a few adjustments and I will be right back. All right. Thank you for giving me a moment to sort of uh, get back to a better space. So it's time for us to fire up our Merriam-Webster word of the day. And then shelf a little tchotchke and have a little fun since we've got off to such a weird and wacky start this morning. So our word of the day here is demure. Demure, when describing something observed, such as clothing or an attitude, demure means not attracting or demanding a lot of attention, making it a synonym of reserved and modest. When used to describe a person, it's usually applied to a girl or a woman, feminine energy, can we just say that? Uh, it typically means quiet and polite, but it can also describe someone who puts on a show of false modesty, making it a synonym of coy. In uh, use it in a sentence, it's an elegant gown with a demure neckline. The girl greeted her parents' dinner party guests with a demure curtsy. Hmm. Yeah, you know, I don't know if I've ever had... Uh, Demure in a you know in a negative connotation. I always thought it. I don't know if it means coy. I've never used it like coy. Yeah, reserved, modest. You know, thing like your prudish aunt would wear something. A demure appearance. Not a not a bad thing at all. Good thing. Ma, 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 you know, very low key, but still classy. So I like that demure word of the day. What's next? Oh, a little tchotchke. Okay, so I have a bookshelf and I can't the camera to see it we're not even going to try and there's a lot of tchotchke on it so i figured since i have all this tchotchke maybe i would start showing off some of it uh if you're on the radio that's a real shame but maybe you should tune in or watch at some point right so let's see a piece of tchotchke that i have okay here's a here's a piece um 
putting it in front of the camera. I didn't know how this was going to work anyway. This is a ticket from the Towson Tigers, because I know I always rag on sports here. And uh, again, I, I know I, lo I love some sports. Uh, I think it's just sports are for younger people, and maybe adults shouldn't get so obsessive. But this was from, let's see, when was the date? It was right before COVID. Friday, February 21st, 2020. Like two weeks, three weeks before everything hit the fan. And the reason this was special for me, a couple reasons, uh, was that I was overseeing a hotel when I worked at Chimene Hotels before they fired me for organizing. And this was at um, an embassy suites in Hunt Valley, north of Baltimore. We had gotten a contract and I helped you know, work it to be the official athletic partner of Towson University. Go Towson Tigers. It was really cool because Cornell men's lacrosse, my favorite sport ever, 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 ever. It's one of the only sport I really enjoy. Like truly passionate, you know, like semi-passionate about. Um, Cornell lacrosse came down to play Towson. And I loved it. So I wore all my Cornell gear. Of course, Cornell men's lacrosse trounced Towson, trounced them. I love that even more. But it was great. It was great. I took a picture because you know, I was such a corporate stooge at the time. I took a picture of the billboard where it was like, you know, um, Shemin Hotels and Embassy Suites and Cornell University. And I was so proud of myself because I had such an identity as a corporate person, which happens to a lot of people. Um, not just people who end up at elite academic institutions, but a lot of people just end up at companies, right? You know, the companies treat them well. People like me were treated well. And so you, you start to identify with the company. You start to wear their clothing. You say things like we, and you're like, I don't, we, what we? Neil Amin makes all the money. I, I draw a salary and a bonus. And, you know, I treat it pretty well, but no we to it, man. Three hundred some million dollars a year. I get no fucking part of that we. Uh, so it's, it's a scam. It's a drug. A lot of my friends are still on the drug of corporate identity, and I'm not. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm me. I'm not owner of that company and you're not the owner either if you're eventually listening to this you're a worker so you know don't get caught up when you see a company name and go oh that's me that's us that's a trick it's an illusion it is um kind of like stockholm syndrome i guess you could look that up kind of funny so that's a little piece of tchotchke for me towson tigers taking on the big red uh go big red but also, we love Towson Tigers. I love them. They're great community partners. And again, we talk about this all the time, especially if you are a working person. If you're a working person and you want your family to move beyond the cycle of poverty, get your kid to a college, you know, a Towson University, great state school in Maryland for a good state school education. It's very affordable. You know, your child might not be making what the sons of bitches from Cornell Engineering make. We talked about that the other day. You know, they're making 86 grand out of college 2019, but uh, Towson Tigers, they're doing all right. You know, they'll be, they'll do all right. So if you're in Maryland, you know, and your kid's like, what am I going to do? And you're a working person, tell them to go be a tiger, maybe. Those kids have a lot of fun. And with that, I think we're going to get back to some other articles that we found. Uh, so this one from AFL-CIO, another large, you know, great labor organization representing millions of folks, right? And this is about solidarity. So not even their union, not even their, you know, technically their folks, right? But they stand in solidarity with them. Uh, this is from Blue Cross Blue Shield workers in Michigan who work call center claims. I'm sure that's not a fun job. I cannot imagine I worked in a call center for three years. Internal, though, so no outside guests. Just Hilton, uh, well, fran mostly fr franchised Hilton location folks. But I really, again, you're not going to see, you know, McDonald's would never put up a post about Burger King workers. Why would they? They don't care. That's not profitable. But AFL-CIO, you know, they will, in solidarity, put up a beautiful post where they're standing with UAW workers. So, you know, the reason I, I pulled that one up from here and the one a few minutes ago from Teamsters is because I want people to see that these unions, they really do believe in the concept of solidarity. And that means that, you know, if you're thinking about joining a union, you need to know that <laughs> kind of like random people are going to help you out in your neighborhood. 
because they understand that there is always, just like Jesus said, you know, the four you always have with you, right? There's always going to be, no matter what cycle of life you come to, whether it's 2023 in America or maybe your you know, next life, you're going to hang out in 17th century France. Who cares? The point is that there's always going to be people with the money and the power, and then there's going to be people that don't have it. And, you know, in this lifetime, people like you and me are, you know, we might not have a college degree, a lot of working people. Uh, I don't. I don't. Uh, you know, so you can't get certain jobs. It's terrible, terrible. I mean, it's horrible. So we live in this society where people with the social, economic, you know, capital, uh, political capital, educational capital, they take advantage of working people. And the only thing you can do about that is by getting collected and standing together. So another great article here from AFL-CIO sharing a message of solidarity. All right. Well, hopefully uh, our morning gets a little less cuckoo here. But what I'm really, uh, what I'm going to do next is do, you know, <laughs> what is becoming my favorite part of the morning. Because again, I'm an old student government nerd, right? You see my McCain Palin sticker on my old student government binder. I was the vice president of Cornell Student Assembly. Uh, and I'm telling you, it's just like the House of Delhi. It's not literally, but you know, it ain't that far off. So we're going to go over to the House website and we're going to look, uh, let's see, we did 7 to 14, we 21 to 28. So today we should be doing 29 to 35, I think. So let's go head on over to that um, House of Delegates and we'll take a look and see if they are, you know, are they people that are relatable to working people? I, you said normal people a lot, but remember, this is a show for working people. So I understand that, you know, there's no such thing as, well, there is such a thing as normal because I'm not normal and, you know, I'm okay with that. Um, but when you think about the people, you love the law. Everybody's a lawyer, right? Everybody's a lawyer. So we know that uh, everyone's got a hot legal opinion, um, but you don't actually know how law gets made. You don't actually know what it takes to have a have a bill become a law. You don't understand the people and the money involved. So we, we try to break that down here on the show. So let's take a look at some of our elected leaders. Again, I, you know, my rule is this. I've met some of these folks and they really are lovely folks. But again, you know, government is not the solution to your life's problems. They can help a little bit, but your, you know, your life, if you're a working person, the house is on fire, right? Um, the government is like a bucket of water, like it's something, but you know, you need a hose, you need a firefighter, firefighter in a union, IAFF, my family, IAFF, local 1619. I had those on my license plate for years. So, you know, government can help, but it's not the primary way to help. And everybody wants to talk about it. Mostly people do that so that they can sound smart. People are afraid of sounding dumb. You know, they're afraid of sounding like they're not in the know. Uh, I can assure you when I was a nerdy little kid, I was reading up on the House and the Senate and I did student government in high school and I did it again in college. This is kind of what I used to love. And now I think it's eh, kind of mostly kind of silly just because, again, like you saw yesterday when we went on VPAP, um, most of these politicians, you know, they're bought and paid for uh, by companies and people like Neil Amin. We saw that. So I'm very skeptical whenever they tell you that they're here to help. Doesn't mean some of them don't. In fact, if I... If I see anybody in here that I've met and that I think is doing a good job, you know, I'm probably going to skip them because I don't want to appear biased. My whole point of this exercise is that I really don't know any of these folks at all. And uh, we're just trying to see, you know, are they relatable to a working person? So let's take a peek. All right. And we know that uh, we sort by district because we don't want to appear like, you know, I'm not sorting by party. I don't know who anybody is. Uh, so we're just doing this by the numbers. I'm, I'm sure there's a system, you know, the gerrymandering system. I don't know how things were gerrymandered in, in this place. So, oh, I remember we stopped with Tara. She was um, terrible uh, legislation she did against children, you know, and just experienced gender in a different way. That's all. It's all groovy. And she, um, you know, she has some very hurtful, hateful legislation. So she needs to go. Don't elect her again. But let's see. Let's see. Let's see what is... Bill. We got old Bill here. So Bill, what's Bill's story? All right. Uh let me put the mic down. Well, no, let's let's see if I can do this at the same time. Uh Bill, been around not that long. That's good. We like new members. We like folks who bring new perspective. Bill describes himself as a Episcopalian white guy with a wife named Katie and a couple of kids. Well, listen, I love the Episcopalians. Okay. Shout out to the Episcopalians. 
<laughs> he didn't just go to an, he went to a very nice high school. That's, yeah, okay. Look them up. That's a fancy schmancy place compared to a lot of people. Uh, got a degree in economics and a master in education. I kind of like that. Um, you know, if that, again, I have a soft spot for economics. I like Episcopalians. They're like Catholic lights. They, they are all the things that Catholics are, but you know, they're, they're a lot nicer to women and gay people. <laughs> uh, one of my dear friends, one of my fraternity brother, of course, you know, there's always stories about my fraternity brothers. And I do that for a reason so that you understand what happens when you go to an elite college and your children get connected into these networks of very high performing people. I mean, uh, this friend actually is a great guy. He was, um, he is very similar to me. He used to be a kind of a, <laughs> a big Republican on campus. And, uh, then he kind of became an adult, had children. He was in the service. So again, you know, I shit on um, a cons don't like the idea of a of a military that has conscription. But we don't do conscription anymore. So there's a lot of thoughts about that. I'm, I don't know. Hopefully, I'll share them at some point, but maybe not today. My point is, this guy, he's an Episcopalian, and he's great. And his wife's Episcopalian, and I guess that I saw two of their sons get baptized in the Episcopalian church, and then um, St. Mary's Alexandria. So very very close up near here. Great people uh really great great churches if i weren't a catholic you know again and I, am i 100 percent perfect catholic absolutely not but you know i like the episcopalian tradition i was started by henry the eighth true story uh but so we don't know we don't know let's look at bill's legislation oh boy uh-oh allows any person who is otherwise eligible to obtain a concealed handgun permit to carry a concealed handgun without a permit may lawfully carry a handgun openly in the Commonwealth. Boo! Oh, goodness. Oh, Bill. Bill, you're walking around. Hey, Bill, how you doing today? He whips out his gun. Bam, you're dead. You're done. People love guns. They just love them. They're like, man, I can't wait to... Bam, bam, bam. Somebody is coming at <laughs> Manifestation, right? You vibrate. Your vibration causes the life you live. Income... Okay, well, you know, trying to help out veterans. Again, you know, I have a strong, strong empathy for enlisted veterans, right? Big difference between being an officer and being an enlisted fella. Okay, truly, it's not the worst shit I've seen here, so not terrible. Who's next? All righty, we went to Bill. Now we're at Nick. Nick, 16. All right, let's see. Again, we don't know anything about Nick, but Nick can pick what he wants to put in here. So what is Nick going to tell us, right? Uh, not that old. <laughs> Generally described as a Protestant. I <laughs> love that. <laughs> uh, NRA for life. Loves those guns. Loves those guns. Bam, boom. Boom, boom, boom. Chop, chop, chop. Love those guns. Um, American Legion, VFW. My my dad never joined. He didn't do the VFW, but never did the Legion. Used to hang out at a bar in Ocean City with a lot of Legion and VFW folks. Yeah, true story. You're like, what? How? How do they even like you? Well, I used to be a very different person, but I love those folks. They were very nice. Um, you know. So again, I can't. I can't really relate to any of this. Um, the Heritage Foundation. My goodness. <laughs> Dangerous. Okay, that's a strong that's a strong red flag, Heritage Foundation. My goodness. Heritage Foundation is white people talk for pull yourself up by your bootstraps, you lazy colored person and woman or other marginalized person. It's you know, you should just go to college, get a degree, get a job that you know, maybe your dad helped you get or something like that, and get on with life. That's basically the Heritage Foundation. I used to love the Heritage Foundation. Uh we already know what we need to know about Nick, he's in the you know, Heritage Foundation. They don't like poor people. Um, they think poor people, you know, they don't treat them like human beings. Um, but that's okay. Let's see. That doesn't mean, you know, people are complicated. What's this about wheat? Um, can't tell if this is good or bad. That's the problem with this legislation. Sometimes you have to really read it over. But a lot of a lot of these sort of celebrating the life of kind of stuff. And again, you people are so crazy out there. Like, the law! Look at the law! It's very important! This is what this person spent his time on and celebrating the life of these people not good not bad but you know that's what you think the law is all about and i don't know man seems kind of seems kind of silly to me you have no idea what the law is about most of the law are these silly proclamations and stuff that's the bulk of their time uh again i you know 
I make fun. I should be making fun of myself if I were to open the student assembly binder that you see up here that I have. I sponsored one resolution. It was called Res it was Resolution Six. It was to say the Pledge of Allegiance. That was the only one where I was the primary sponsor. It was stupid. It's me being a dumb dumb. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, at least I'm sorry about it. I'm trying to do better. Uh, what did we say? We're gonna do twenty twenty till thirty five, right? Twenty one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, thirty five. Thirty five is the last one we're doing. So we did Nick. Now we're to Elizabeth. All right, Liz. She goes by Liz. Liz hasn't been around all that long, so that's good. How does Liz describe themselves? She describes herself. Oh, she wasn't born in America. Well, I like that because again, um, you know, that's diversity, right? That's 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 great. She's from, uh, from South America. It described herself as Hispanic, Latino, so you know, Catholic Christian. Yeah, I like that. Very relatable to um a working person. You know, a lot of my a lot of my housekeepers would describe themselves in this way. So I love that. Definitely somebody who might uh, might appreciate what this is all about. So that's fantastic. Um social worker even better. Anybody who proudly describes himself as a social worker is somebody you want in legislature, that's for sure. I wonder which Sacred Heart Church. There's one in Richmond. I know that they're a member of Virginia Interfaith Center, so I love that. Hopefully that's where Liz is. But this is good. I mean, just looking at this, this sounds like, um, oh, a Casa Adria. That's great. Girl Scout. I love that. Love those cookies. What's your favorite Girl Scout cookie? I love I love those tag-alongs. They're just a peanut butter, baby. And if you don't like peanut butter, put a Thin Mint in the freezer. Uh, so I like that. Really good-looking stuff in terms of... Does she seem relatable to a working person? Workman's comp, employment, paid sick leave, expands paid sick leave for home workers. Good. Oh, look at this. Uh huh. Affordable housing. Request the Department of Housing in Calabria to study ways to increase affordable housing for public servants on publicly owned property. Fantastic. Um, In-state tuition benefits for service members and veterans. Absolutely. 100%. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Get your kids into college if you were, especially if you were an enlisted person in the service. Get your kids into college. That way they will not have to do what you might have had to do. And they can live a life with a white collar job. You know, they're going to be some sort of director of social media and promotions for Globio Corp. They get a sweet work from home gig. They're making 75K. They don't work a day in their life other than to, you know, get on some meetings and do some Canva shit. It's great. Absolutely. Okay, well, I love, I love, love that. Um, I love that. Liz, you are doing the people's work. David, been around since 18, not long. So we love that too. You know, we like, we like fresh faces. That's important. No matter what party, with fresh faces is very important. Uh, 62. Well, he looks good for his his age. Even that. Um, hold tight. All right. 20, 25 years older than me. He looks great. Gotta give David that. Um, white male Methodist. You know, JFK rolling around the White House. Fucking Marilyn Monroe while poor Jackie has to deal with it. Um, here we go. Okay. This is, this is what I was talking about earlier. Naval Reserves, Commander 05. Um, an officer. Very different to be an officer than an enlisted person very different um i'm you know as i mentioned i went to school near a large military base lots of children of the officers because we're the only private high school in the tri-county area in southern maryland so I'm, a lot of officers officers are different um you know much more akin to a white collar job to be an officer much different than an enlisted person all right, what kind of legislation? Teacher re-engagement, personnel shortage. I don't know. can't tell if that's good or bad because sometimes these folks try to get around taking care of teachers, right? So I don't know. We'd have to, we'd have to see, but I'm not sure. So we'd have to learn that's that. Uh, motion picture tax credit. We learned about that from Chris Fuentes. That takes jobs. That takes union jobs out of California. So it might seem good, but it, it can be really risky and bad. Um, teacher residence. Attaining and retaining public teachers. Well, I love that. I like that. Hopefully, that, hopefully it's a good thing. Hopefully, that's good. I like that. Okay, David, trying to help out and get good public teachers. I am all for that. Another David. Two Davids. Look at that. Thirty-two, thirty-three. David. This is David Larock. Goes by Dave. 
been there 10 years. That's starting to get to the point where maybe they've got a little too much power and clout. But I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. Uh, let's see. How does Dave describe himself? <laughs> From a Oswego. Yeah. Love Dave. Um, yeah, I've, I've warned you. We, gotta, we, we have looked at a lot of people who were born when Eisenhower was in the White House, which is pretty funny. Eisenhower was a long time ago. Uh, you know, another white male Christian with a wife and kids. Uh, very relatable to middle class and upper middle class folks, but working class, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. He's not Catholic? Huh. Uh, I you know, can't afford a family of seven if you're a working person, but I bet if you are the president of Laroque Builders, again, construction, oh boy, construction, Worked hotels 15 years, construction people, they will charge you an arm and a leg. And I don't mind that. Um, it's my problem is, you know, I worked a lot of construction and reno and shit. And I always talk to the workers, right? I'm like, hey, you know, does your owner pay you? Well, I'm like, eh, not really. So never have heard of an owner that takes care of their people. Uh, very rare to hear. Very, very rare. So I get very nervous when I see somebody own construction kind of stuff. All right. Let's see. Uh, Dave, what are you kind of legislation you doing? You know, again, a lot of these celebrating the lives. Responsible fatherhood initiative. Every father. Well, I'm sure that sounds nice, but I bet you it's real racist. <laughs> but it sounds nice. Um, oh, here we go. Here we go. Yep. HB 2432 minor students experiencing gender incongruence parental notification. Much like we saw yesterday with Tara. Oh boy. Oh, Dave. Dave. Say it ain't so. Dave hates little children that don't, you know, that are just going through gender differently and he is bullying them. Bad, bad. No, don't vote for Dave. Sorry, Dave. Dave's gotta go. Ah, oh, darn. Darn. You know, we, we wanna see, we always try to be optimistic here, <laughs> but not with Dave. Kathleen. Okay, killer scarf, Kathleen. Um, uh, McLean, yikes, that's money, my goodness. You know how I feel about people. I mean, it's just scary. These folks don't live in a world like us, born in 1948. My dad was born in 1943, uh, and very, you know, unrelatable. Um, 48, my gosh, Harry Truman, I think. Truman's still president in 48. Eisenhower won in 52 and 56, so yeah, Harry Truman, um, my goodness. Graduated magna, though. We talked about that yesterday. Magna cum laude with very high praise. So an American and a consultant. Oh, scary. <laughs> if anybody ever tells you they're a consultant, run, 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 run. Consultants are terrifying. My goodness. We should skip out on Kathleen now. Just the fact that she said she's a consultant. Consultants don't like working people um, at all. But let's see. We don't know. We don't know anything. We're just guessing. So... Um, firearms law. Okay, that sounds like a good thing. That's good. Yeah, you know, don't... What is this? A surrogate may relinquish her parental rights to an attendant parent. Interesting. Um, I I can't tell what this lady's for. Assault and battery. Oh, well, this, this expands protection against people. Um, you know, we're going through life differently. So I love that. I, I do like... Uh, that Kathleen is standing up for people with, you know, I don't like using intellectual disability or mental illness. That's, again, capital of confederacy, right? It's how they write their laws. They talk about human beings like they're not people. So I don't like that. Uh, but that's yeah, that's a different story for another day. Um, but Kathleen standing up for people that are differently abled and going through life different. So I like that. I like that. Kudos to Kathleen. Uh, Holly, let's see what Holly's doing. Oh, very new. Uh, real new. Well, I love that. That alone is a good sign. Um, no information yet about Holly. Probably no legislation. Oh, actually, yes. Okay. Already getting to work. Maybe. Uh, interpreters for persons who are deaf or hard of hearing. Court may appoint a certified interpreter. I like that. Um. Oh, a tax exemption for car seats. I love that. Again, you're like, the law is so important. Is that really that important? I mean, come on. Yes, but no. <laughs> It's just a good thing that, that she did. You know, that's a good thing. We love, we like that. Um, some, so, so some good stuff. For somebody very new, that seems like some good work. Okay, well, 
That was your seven House of Delegates members. Better results there today. I don't know why, in numbers, you know, uh, but better, for sure. <laughs> With that in mind, uh, we've done some news. We've done some good stuff. It's time for us to do the math, right? Yeah. Although, to do the math, we are going to fire up a share screen. From our friends at the Commonwealth Institute, we love TCI. Uh, this is, you know, we, we, we did an interview at Soul and Labor Pains with Laura. And this is about tax policy. And, and, I, you know, again, I'll share the article and the links I always do. Very, very wonky article. So I don't know that a lot of folks are going to want to take the time to read it and delve into it. It's very good. It's just, you know, like, like, uh, like Laura said, this is her favorite days are the ones with spreadsheets. <laughs> and I love that. We, we need people like that fighting for working people. So I do love that. I just, um, it might, it's a little dense article. So I just wanted to call out one paragraph that I really liked that made sense for me for working people. And so that we can do the math on, on this one paragraph, right? So I'm going to read this paragraph out loud. Lowering the tax rate for profitable corporations from 6% to 5% would cost $360 million in this budget and over $680 million in the next budget, right? And reducing the top individual income bracket from 5.75% to 5.5% would cost $333 million in this budget and balloon to $1.747 billion uh, in the next budget with higher income individuals seeking the greatest benefit. Right? So I want everybody to just, you know, read that for a minute and then... We're going to think about what it means. And I don't expect you to know what it means off the top of your head, because that's a lot of words. Don't mean anything uh, to a normal working person. And that's why get out the old plan see what the hell they're talking So the idea here is simple. You know what when we think about the money that we make, 1%, that's a small change. It doesn't make much of a difference, right? But if you are very, very, very wealthy, like Neil Amin and Shereen Hotel, his buddies that you know own this city, one percent is a lot. So just remember, a one percent change is going to cost three hundred sixty million dollars. Just remember that as we go here to do the math for the wealthy person, the very very uber wealthy, a one percent change. If you take it, you know, again, just one percent in in the corporate tax rate, that leads to a change of $360 million that, that comes out of the budget. So what does that mean? That means that those companies, if for every $100 that they make, um, we'd like to take, you know, we think that, you know, because they're made of the baddest work with poor people, right? Neil and me, he doesn't make a dollar. Does he clean the room? Fuck no. Does he check anybody in? Fuck no. Is he cooking anything for breakfast? Absolutely not. Does he fix anything in his hotels? Fuck no, okay? He doesn't, he doesn't. You should pay more. So that when that money goes to the state, theoretically, you can be used to take care of people like you and maybe even me. So again, for every one hundred dollars, we just you know these these very rich companies are saying for every hundred dollars we want one more dollar back. Okay, for you and me, we're gonna see what that looks like. It's not a, for them. It means three hundred sixty million dollars. So for rich people, a one percent change in their corporate tax rate. That means $360 million. Isn't that crazy? Think about what you can do with $360 million. All we're saying is for every dollar that they made, we think one more penny ought to go to help out working people uh, in, the, in the state. They're the people that work for him anyway. So we should be taking five pennies in my opinion. What does that mean for you? So a working person, well, and this is a, you know, such scale and magnitude work, right? It's also why the percentages are deceiving. So a working person, let's say, let's say that a working person, you know, we did this math the other day, we know that if they're making $15 an hour, excuse me, I'm dying up here. They're making $15 an hour, there's 40 hours a week, 52 weeks in a year, right? So we know, roughly speaking, but we're going to use a new symbol today, symbol you've never seen. We... Equal sign means it's exactly that. We have talked a lot about, you know, doing approximation. So we know that at 15, 40, 52, right? 15 hours an hour, 40 hours a week, 52 weeks a year. We know that the 40 times 52 is 2,080, right? You know, there's 2,080 work hours. So we know that 15 times 2,080 is roughly going to be $31,000. We just, we did that yesterday. You got to get it. Better doing a little quick math in your head. I know you can do it. So we know that, that that's probably going to be. So 
you know, let's go back to that. Those folks at the very top, for every dollar that they make, if you take an extra penny, that extra penny adds up to $360 million. $360 million we can do to help out working for working folks. So again, you do all the work. You do all the work anyway. Of course you deserve that penny. But here's how little of a difference the penny made that, that one percent makes to you. So we are just we're asking, you know, Neil and Ian and all those rich motherfucking buddies to pay an extra penny for every dollar. What happens if you paid an extra penny for every dollar? Well, we just agreed you made thirty one thousand dollars a year. So what is one percent of that? Well, we know that there's thirty one thousand dollars. Literally, I could take a one dollar bill and thirty one thousand dollars. Thirty one thousand. For every thirty one thousand, we'd like to take a penny. So we would like one penny per. So you know, we'd like to have a penny. A penny is zero point zero one dollars uh, per you know the thirty one thousand you made. So point zero one, right? That's a penny. Okay. So you might think to yourself, well, I can't do that, man. Thirty one thousand and zero point one. Well, you can. Um, if it was thirty one thousand times point one, well, that's that's one tenth. You know how to get one tenth of the number. You just take a zero away. Took thirty one thousand and took a zero off. You get thirty one hundred. Okay. Well, to do go one step further, take another zero and you get three hundred ten dollars. That's one percent. So again, if you were to give another one percent back, one percent from you is three hundred ten dollars. Um, but that's not enough to make a big difference in a person's life, right? I mean, you can, you know, definitely make a difference. It's a car payment for a month. Uh, but look at that. When you, a working person, gives up 1% back, $310. But when the uber wealthy and the Neil Levine, the person you give back there, penny on the dollar. $360 million. $360 million for just one extra penny. What penny? I think you would agree. But those folks can give that extra penny per dollar, per dollar, right? One penny more per dollar. With wealthy companies, $350 million in Virginia. That's crazy. That money should be going to city workers. It should be going to teachers. It should be going for, uh, to, to what, housing, you know, to food programs, a million different things we can think of, right? One penny. That's all we're asking for, Neil, is one extra penny. One extra penny adds up to $360 million for companies like this. That is important to know. And that's why we do the math, not the math. Fantastic. All right. Well, uh, again, you know, we've got some news. I'm going to do one little funny post, one little side post, and then we're going to read the sign. We're going to talk about something different today in the sun, too. So let me get these ready for you. All righty. This is a post from... You know, our friend, I found this on their Instagram, actually, when I linked to it, the Enrico Education Association, affiliate of BEA, the Virginia Education Association. These are teachers. We love teachers. We're going to talk about teachers every day. Teachers might be our favorite people, kind of. You know what? I talk about my high school teachers all the time. In fact, I should have just done when we did the do the math, do the math, units canceling out. I learned that from Mrs. Shuck, my high school chemistry teacher, Mrs. Shuck. Got her bachelor's from Drexel, and then her master's from Penn. So go Mrs. Shuck. Mrs. Shuck was watching, so I don't know what she'd think. <laughs> uh, I did it for this visual. So who are today's union members, right? I love this. I love this graphic. Um, I like it's really good. I'm going to try to zoom in. There we go. Who are today's union members? You know, if you can see this graphic, I hope that you can. Yeah. Uh, it says what people think, and what people think, it looks like, you know, a construction dude. And that's true. I mean, I, you know, <laughs> I told you, I went to a funeral for a union leader. He was the president of AFL-CIO for a hot minute. My old church at uh, Our Lady Queen of Peace, Tom Donahue, great, great service, um, great celebration of life. And Tom seemed to have done a lot, but, uh, you know, hundreds of people in the church, like four people of color. And I, I, you know, I don't include myself as a person of color. I'm really not, right? I'm just a you know, again, Tara and uh, who's that last legislator we found? You know, they wouldn't like me because they're like, well, he's got brown skin. He's Indian. He's Indian. He doesn't understand how Indian he is. Like, eh, I'm not. I'm a white guy. White girl, just like, you know, other white people out there. In fact, that's how I ended up with a white family. I mean, my goodness, like God knows who I am. The universe planned it all out. Skinny, brown skin. I don't know. Um, but anywho, you know, everybody there was like a white dude from the day. And it was like, I don't know, you know watching an old movie. But uh <laughs> That's not what unions are about today. It's great that they were back when. I mean, 
my goodness, back in the day, right? You know, you're you're Irish, you're Catholic, you're Italian. Uh, the Protestants really came after you that had access to social capital, education capital, financial capital. But now they come after, you know, a lot of other people, right? So the truth is that 46% of union members are women. 36% are people of color. 42% have a bachelor's degree or higher. That's shocking. 40% work in education and health services. 21% work in transportation, utility, and manufacturing. Uh, this is from Economic Policy Institute. So we might have to look at some of their stuff. I tried clicking, and um, as you can see, I mean, it, it don't see that pretty little graph anymore. It really is a long article. So um, I'm not going to go through it. I'll, you know, we, we link to it, but I love that little graphic. Um, I love that graphic because it's true. You know, unions today, they are different looking than what they looked like from, you know, the Irishman or something like that. So just think about that. Really, they're here for all kinds of people these days. Very important to know. All right. Well, it's one of my favorite times. It's time to read the sun. Why do we read the Cornell Daily Sun? Why do we read this rag? No, it's not a rag. Independence since 1880. Good paper. The point is because if you work for Shameen Hotels, well, I don't know about other places down here, you work for an Ivy League son of a gun, and they behave differently. They approach this world differently. Even when they were kids, they just are different. Um, you love sports. We never do sports. We're going to do a sports article from the sun. Let's see. Men's basketball set to face Ivy League foes on the road. This is by uh, Corey Bennett, Sun Sports Editor. Cone, do you know Corey Bennett? Yeah, he's a friendly brother of mine. Of course, I know Corey Bennett. I know all the people. I'm telling you, these networks, man, right? Uh, last weekend, the men's ba basketball team made history with blowout wins over Brown and Yale. This weekend, as the team travels to Penn and Princeton, the Red could make history again with two wins, regardless of the margin of victory. Traditionally, the toughest road trip for any Ivy League basketball team, the Penn-Princeton road trip has put many winning streaks to test to rest since the ancient eight's inception in 1956. After sweeping each team last year, however, Cornell 14-6-4-0 Ivy could become the first ever squad to sweep the Penn-Princeton road trip in back-to-back -back seasons. Uh, you also see a picture of another article by Keenan Weatherford, who eventually became editor-in-chief of the sign. Is Keenan a fraternity brother of mine? Yes. My goodness. Wake up and, you know, smell the coffee, right? These networks are... They're very powerful, and they're very interesting, and they're also very silly, but they are real. And they're also, you know, I don't know, they're silly, but they're not, right? Like, you know, these youngsters are practicing at 20 years old how to write a paper. They're practicing how to get their, you know, out there um, and sort of own and run life, and then they do. And, you you know, you, this is what they behave like as a 20-year-old. Imagine what they're up to today. These are powerful-minded folks with a lot of talent uh, and heavy caliber you know, individuals when it comes to the ability to build and run companies. So they are different than you. They do not relate to working people very rarely. And even if they did come from working backgrounds, uh, they forget about it because, again, they're graduating, they're making lots of money. They lose that connection very quickly. Although Corey Bennett doesn't, I can speak, uh, I'll say something you know, nice about him. I'm still friends with him, friendly, very friendly with him. Um, he's a good guy. He is not lost in touch. So shout out to great sports article. From the sun. My point is, uh, you know, again, these folks that have access to education capital, which they often translate into financial and social capital, but certainly they've got elite academic capital. That's very powerful, right? That's like, you know, liquid gold. And they translate it into, as we showed yesterday, you know, on VPAP, they buy these politicians. They control the media. Remember, Richmond.com, Richmond Times Dispatch, right? The building is where Shameen Hotels is. Neil Amin owns the building. Come on, Neil Amin, Penn, Wharton. Uh, which brings us to another thing that we're going to do every day, too, when we talk about these Ivy League schools. The motto of the day. Again, uh, you know, I want everybody to learn Latin. Yours truly uh, got a perfect score of an actual Latin exam when I was a kid. So real nerd shit. I love Latin. I don't know Spanish. I don't know French. I probably should. But I do remember a bit of Latin. I would show you my Cassell Latin dictionary when it's holding up my TV set. Uh, you know, most of the good schools in the world, certainly seven of the eight Ivy League schools, have Latin mottos. One shitty, shitty Ivy League college doesn't have a Latin motto. I wonder which one that is. So here you see the coat of arms for the University of Pennsylvania. 
approved in 1932, um, adopted in 33. The article two important influences in the founding, Ben Franklin and the Penn family, right? William Penn, right? Um, my goodness. But the motto, you can see it here, Leges sine moribus bene. The university motto, Slant Prince Leges sine moribus bene, was translated into English as laws without morals are useless. Attributed to Provost William Smith. I love that. So we're going to hold that up there. I'm brave for a minute because this is really important. Legate sine morbus fide, right? Gosh, I think about that a lot. Um, because, you know, you all worship the law. You love the law. You're like, man, I know the law. We talk about this every time. I got a hot take on the law. Let me tell you what the law needs to be doing. We need the Republicans. We need the Democrats. We need this. Everybody's got a fucking philosophy about the law. The truth is this. This is the one of the best mottos out there. A law without a moral is useless, right? Used to be a law. True story. It used to be a law. I'm going to remind you this every day. People that look like me, dark skin, your property. People that have, you know, womanly body parts can't vote. You're not a person. That's the law. That was the law up until 1865, 1960-something. That was the law. You love the law. The law has said for a long time that people are property. You know, just recently changed. And even now, it's still not good, right? So stop worshiping the law. It's a work in progress. I don't know. It's a thing. You all like to talk about it. Put a lot of effort into it. But truly, a law without morality is in vain. Laws without morals are useless. So, you know, one of the things I remember when you and I worked for Neil Amin and Shamin Hotels, is they would always say, well, we follow the law. Do they do? You know, they follow the law. They pay the right amount of taxes according to the law. They don't pay one penny more. We just talked about what a penny make difference makes. But, um, you know, they follow the law, right? It's, it's legal to fire me for organizing people. It's perfectly legal to fire people because you don't like their hair color, you don't like their skin, whatever. Uh, you can do it. There's many ways around it. Because, again, one of my main points, and you're not listening, but maybe one day you will. Who writes the law? Well, we just did a fucking 15-minute segment on who writes law. It's all these white people that get bought and paid for by people that went to Penn. Come on. The law is useless without morality behind it. So who cares? Um, you heard it from first from the University of Pennsylvania. Again, Neil Amin's alma mater. A law without mor morals is useless, and that guy loves following a bunch of useless laws. So, good motto, okay school, bad business school. But truly, just remember, the law is written by the people we, we just showed. They don't care about you. Most of them. Leges sine moribus vene. Leges means law, sine means without moribus, you know, <laughs> a morality. With morality, without in this case, without morality, vanay, like vain, in vain. It's in vain, it's vanity. All right, so that was a little tidbit over there. Before I put on and we move into just a little bit more, um, I gotta give a shameless plug for the Red Derby. I always have to give a shameless plug for the Red Derby, 14th and Quincy, Washington, D.C. We love them. They're only, you know, <laughs> they're not a real sponsor, but they've certainly sponsored me in my life. So, again, we've always got to share the Red Derby. How could we not? Um, this was yesterday for Thursday's $3 PBR and half-price grilled cheese sammies. Make your sammy the ultimate and add toppings, bacon, chicken, tomato, pickles, pico de gallo, and jalapenos. 24-7 happy hour, $3.50 lucky pick beers. And tequila and whiskey shots. I mean, are you joking? You'll never get a beer that price and a half-price sandwich as well. My goodness. There's Arthur and Roe. We love them. Looks like some folks had fun at Trivia with the Pib, the Pro Integrity Box. So we love the Red Derby. Uh, it's Friday tonight, so head on down to the Red Derby. I love Fridays at the Red Derby. Get there early, somewhere between 5 eight o'clock before all of the young folks get there it's great listen to the eagles listen to some fleetwood mac hang out with uh i don't know who's there on friday maybe maybe joe downstairs you think say hi to sasha i don't know but definitely get one of the new grilled cheese sammies we love the new grilled cheese sammies it's got boars and cheese i think i don't know uh, it's got a lot of good cheese in it and i had I, I do mine with bacon now that i know they've got jalapenos i might add some jalapenos as well so again Red Derby on Instagram, Red Derby. We love the Red Derby. Sponsor us, Red Derby. I'm just kidding. They already do sponsor me in many ways. Uh, with that in mind, I am going to put on a little bit of a bite from our new segment that we just started yesterday. 
called Get Literate, Labor Pains, Gets Lit, or It. We're going to read. So I wanted to read. You know, I think it's important we read. We're going to read from the future we need. We read from the Bible, too. And The Art of the Deal by Donald Trump. So we read a lot, but we're going to go ahead and put that on while I, again, take a breather here. So hold tight. Hello. Good afternoon. It's 12 um Mr. DeMore. I also know that the NFLPA exists because of there. I'm trying to cue it on DeMore. Hey, good grief, Tone. One minute. It is an honor for me to be asked to write the forward for this important book. I'm going to call in about 25 minutes, and we'll read, and maybe we'll chat. Hope you enjoy. So again, the future we need. Forward. It is an honor for me to be asked to write the forward for this important book, not only because I am a diehard believer in the power of teams and unions, but also because I believe that competition can coexist with fairness if we embrace the idea that everyone is entitled to the promises of a more perfect union. As the executive director of the NFL Players Association, I serve the workers of a business that has been the nation's premier pastime for decades. The NFL is a multi-billion dollar business. NFL games consistently rate among the most among the 50 most watched television shows every year, and even regular season games often outdraw the playoffs and finals of other sports. The NFL is also a business that has had a labor union for over 60 years. As a result, NFL players enjoy good wages, work-related and post-career health, fair limits on hours to be worked, post-career pensions, and health and safety guidelines far beyond the minimum requirements set by law. Some believe that the great benefits and salaries enjoyed by the players who work in this business are simply a product of a wildly lucrative business model. Worse yet, I am certain that most of the people who follow our sport never think seriously about how the players are paid and how they achieve their pensions, salary increases, and post-career benefits. But those in the labor family understand that none of this would be possible without those NFL players who made the decision to form a labor union. Those, nope, yep, those in the labor family also know that the NFLPA exists because a small number of dedicated people worked hard and sacrificed much to benefit a larger number of workers who may never give their efforts much thought. All right, well, that was just a little a little tidbit from the future we need. You can see it over here next to my knockoff cheer bear. Great book. And again, a very important lesson, right? What's the lesson? The lesson <laughs> is that all of your favorite athletes are part of the NFL. They're in the NFL. They're in the NFLPA. It's a union. They've had a union since 1956. The union within the NFL is what is one of the major factors that has allowed NFL players to get the wages that they deserve, right? The retirement pensions, their benefits, and all the other services. They get that because they're in a union, and not just in the NFL. Basketball, NBA, NHL, MLB, union. So you love athletes. You're always telling me, Tony, athletes, this, fucking 23 stories on the news, on shitty fake Richmond.com news, all that football. Okay, great. Y'all love football. Well, you should know your favorite NFL folks. They're all in unions. That's how they get their money and their bennies is union, 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 for goodness sake. So, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, <laughs> you got to get organized. Got to form a union yourself. The same legal framework that the NFL players use to get their union is the same thing that you can get, right? Uh, we share those articles all the time, you know. So we talked about yesterday, we shared that article from the Teamsters with 50-some-odd folks forming a union. The same thing that those drivers did, those, I think they were school bus drivers, the same process, literally the same paperwork. I know, I filed it myself when you know, I was with Shabin Hotels and helped the workers organize. Who do you think filled, filled out the paperwork for them? I, mean, that was, I did that, right? Someone, someone has to step up and do the work. And the same papers that, you know, Troy Aikman and Emmett Smith uh, and Deion Sanders. You're only going to get 90s Cowboys references with me. So tough titties if you're looking for something else. The same thing that they use to get their union is the same paperwork that you can use to get yours. It's a true story. It's very important that you realize that um, NFL, PA, NHL, NBA, all of them, union, true story. All right. Well, it is now 950. And I know we're off schedule a lot of things, but that's okay. Uh, again, you know, we're going to vibrate to have a good day today. We've got our crystals, our meditation crystals. If you're on the radio, sorry, you can't see them, but you can hear them shake uh, to have good vibrations for today. Just want to share a few more articles, and then we're going to 
we're going to bail out of here, and we'll be back on Monday. But just a few more before we go. And this is from our friends at SEIU. I used to work at Dollar General and SC enough. Uh, terrible, terrible, terrible. You know, this worker's making $14,000 a year. Meanwhile, the CEO of Dollar General is paid $10 million a year. Crazy, 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 crazy. Uh, I really like this article because, again, you know, it shows that these, you know, SCIU, other major orbs, they will fight for working people. They're not here to take care of some overly educated Ivy League snob like me. They're here to take care of working people like this worker making $14,000 a year, right? Dollar General. And how easy is it to work at Dollar General? It's not, right? It's not easy work. Can you imagine? We've all been to a Dollar General. You get the craziest people in there all the time causing trouble at the register. It's got to be hard dealing with these nutty people. Are Dollar Generals in the nice part of town? Hell no. You know, a Saks Fifth Avenue, that's in a nice part of town. A Neiman Marcus, that's in a nice part of town. Dollar General ain't no fucking nice part of town. This is tough conditions, okay? Um, I love this stat. 75% of Americans live within five miles of a store. That's huge. That's huge. Do the math. Not the meth, right? I want to think about that number. 75%. That's three out of four. If you take four Americans, and again, this is not how statistics work, but for every four Americans, what they're saying is that three of them, if they got in their car and you know, drove for five miles, not a lot, probably under 10 minutes, they'd get to a Dollar General. If a company is that large and that pervasive in America, they need to be taking care of their people, right? 75% of Americans, I live, I live within five miles of Dollar General. I bought uh, in my crappy Richmond apartment, you know, I, I had to buy some furniture, air quotes. So I have some $15 Dollar General stuff. You bet I do. Uh, is it probably made in a Chinese sweatshop by abused workers? Yeah, it probably is. Uh, would I like to pay for some handmade furniture? I sure would. Uh, but we don't live in a society where I can do that, right? You know, I don't make a lot of money anymore. I a lot of working people, if they're living on $14,000 like that worker, even if they're living on $31,000 because they're making $15, even if they're making $20 an hour, that's only $41,000 a year. So you know what? People like that were forced to shop at Dollar General. And if the fucking CEO is going to control society through social, financial, and educational capital such that he's allowed to put one of these stores everywhere and you have to buy from them, you have no choice because we're all fucking poor – uh, they better pay their workers well. And if not, you know, they're going to have to fucking face the SEIU and strikes and deal with it. You've got to stand up to these companies. You've got to stand up to these owners. These owners don't care. You know, they don't care. They're everywhere in this country. You're forced to buy their shit. And yet they want to treat us like garbage. So no, no more. No, thank you. No, no. So we'll link to that article as well. I just drives me crazy. Drives me crazy. One more uh, major article and then we're going to head on out we'll type i can find it on my uh, thing here i it's about let I me mean, right here in this very very these websites uh, uh chicago i was gonna say what what is the the challenge here all right from unite here um Great union to support hospitality folks. Chicago hotel workers at Marriott, Hilton, and Hyatt Properties reach historic deal ahead of 2023 contract expiration. Agreement averts labor disruption. Downtown hotels lifts hourly wage to $25 per hour. I just want to point this out. The rate, and this is a quote from Luis uh, Cuevas, a kitchen steward at the W City Center. The raise to $25 per hour means I can quit my part-time job and spend more time with my wife who is suffering from um, who's suffering from long COVID. Now I'll be able to tell her things are going to be okay and really mean it. Um, another quote here from Shamika Tori, a room attendant at Hyatt Regency McCormick Place. Tough job being a room attendant at a Hyatt Regency. You know, I, I know this is a fact. Going back to daily room cleanings means I'll have energy to play with my grandkids when I get home from work. When rooms aren't cleaned every day, the work is much harder. Cleaning rooms every day is good for room attendants and for the guests. Couldn't agree with her more. My goodness, this is what I did life. I talk about hotel workers every day for the rest of my life, and I probably will. The work that they're doing at these Chicago hotels is hard. It's hard to get to the, you know, to these hotels. How are they going to get there? You can't park. You work at a city hotel, parking's $50 a day. These ladies don't have that kind of money. You know, so they need a union to back them up for stuff like that. They need to be making $25 an hour with benefits, right? 
They need that. $25 an hour is about $51,000 a year. Um, still not enough in, a, in Chicago to make a real living, but it's better, right? It's better. Um, these Chicago hotels, you know, I've been to multiple hotels in Chicago, and I'm telling you, in fact, they mentioned the Drake in there. Uh, you know, these workers, trust me, when I go there, the GM at these big Chicago hotels, gosh, I don't know what they make, but wouldn't be shocked to find a client regency down in Chicago. That GM should be making 200 grand a year base, probably be getting 30, 40 grand a year bonus plus a lot of pennies. So hopefully, probably, hopefully more. Um, I'm just, I, I really don't know because I never worked in Chicago. And these are big hotels, uh, bigger than the ones I've traditionally managed myself. But the point is, is these owners make millions of dollars a year. I mean, you think that the Chicago Hilton, that thing is, I think, three towers large. It's making millions upon millions upon millions upon millions upon millions of dollars a year. Of course, they've got to pay their workers fairly for it. And Unite here helped these folks get $25 per hour, which is great. So we love that they're there supporting hotel workers. Fantastic. Again, um, thank you for joining us me this morning. I, I know it's sort of an abbreviated schedule with weird things this morning, especially at the beginning. Um, so I thank everybody for their patience with me there for that. But the point is this, as we say every day, you know, the regular news we read on Richmond.com, whatever, it's a joke. It's all junk. These media orgs, they feed you junk. And these poor journalists, they can't get the stuff that they want out there. Is these media orgs slice and dice these companies because they're run by the folks that have social and educational financial capital they don't do anything to support you they don't care about you so we read news from real orgs like labor groups that support working people like you and me every day so if you want a better life if you want to vibrate in a way that's going to bring you health and wealth get organized stand up to the owners demand what is rightfully yours form a union have a great weekend We'll see you all on Monday. I'm Tony. This is the morning show on the Labor Network. We love you. Love and solidarity. We will see you on Monday.